All right. All right. Well, we're here for episode eight of the Shuttlecock podcast. My name is Aaron Rhodes, and I'm here with Paige Batson. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Uh, so, yeah, you are living out in Lawrence and just staying very involved with uh, any and all live music out there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, I guess we'll just kind of start from, you know, your musical beginnings and move on from there. Totally. So, yeah, um, what, what kind of music were you listening to when you were growing up? Well, my mom, she was really into Prince and Mazzy Star and, like, Carpenters and Fleetwood Mac and all of that stuff. So I kind of was raised on this, like, Paisley Underground type, like, feel. So I have this, like, pop root. My dad was really into Devo and David Bowie and all that stuff. But my first concert was was Dixie Chicks. <laughs> but oh, That's uh, a good one. Oh, yeah, in Wichita, Kansas. It was... Quite, quite the memory. I'm pretty sure I got a beer spilt on me, and I was like, this is a, a country, like, three white femmes. It's wild, <laughs> wild in Wichita. Um, but I kind of, my music taste changed a lot as I got older. And, um, and did, did you yeah. grow up in Wichita? Yeah, I was born there, and then I moved around here, and then I moved away, and then I came back. <laughs> Where did you move to when you left? Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yeah, I was... Uh, like right on the border of Rhode Island and Massachusetts. So I got to go to a lot of awesome shows in Providence and in Boston. It was pretty nice. I was only there for like nine months. Mm. Yeah. And so, yeah, uh, after your uh, country beginning, <laughs> what, what kind of happened with your music after that? Um, I was actually gifted when I was probably like, I don't know, like 10 years, 10 years old. My former stepdad bought me this like radio broadcasting set from one of those like Brookside stores or whatever. Mm. And it was my favorite thing ever. It was awesome because I could broadcast from my bedroom and I had like, I think it was like dial like nine, like 90 point like two or something. I'm not really sure, but Mm. I could broadcast to the houses next to me. And I thought it was like the (laughs) coolest thing ever. And I had my little hit clips and I would just like put them up to the mic and talk about the 30 seconds that played. And every time I had friends over, I'd be like, this is what we're doing. We're broadcasting (laughs) these hit clips. So I've always wanted to share other people's music. (laughs) Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. And I guess that does a good job of leading into uh, your, your college career. Yeah. So you were at KU and you were working at KJHK there, right? Yeah. I uh, actually, ch- like, one of the reasons why I chose KU was KJHK. And the second I got accepted to KU, I applied for KJHK. So mm-hmm. I jumped right in. And it's been, KJHK is, like, one of the best and most important things that, like, has come out of Lawrence. It's done so much and holds people up so much. So I... Uh, KJHK. <laughs> yeah, like everyone that I've ever met that has worked at KJHK just like does will, like will almost not stop talking about <laughs> it. Like every time you hang out, you're like, oh yeah, back when I was at KJHK, I was doing this or on right. on my show there. So that's that's kind of a, a universal thing I'm, yeah. I hear. And there's so yeah, there's so many layers of what KJ does and. I was there once it had already moved into the union, so I hear stories about the shack, So, and I never got to go there. And that was kind of, I think, the more, like, I work at Love Garden, and Cyrus, he was, um, he works at Love Garden, too. But he, when he was in the shack, did, like, I think a full week of rotation. And when, I don't know what year it was, but you couldn't, 
now there's like, <clears throat> excuse me, there's like a system where people don't have to stay overnight, but he was there all week and people were like bringing him food and all that fun, like, I don't know, camping in the, camping in the shack. But now it's more like, okay, we have all these committees and we're doing live shows and we're doing street team and I don't know, promotion. And it's just, it's so different than what it was like 10 years ago, even though I wasn't around 10 years ago. But still, like, the people that are coming out of KJ are, like, doing so much. Austin Ellington, who is my live music partner, um, he is now doing a bunch of stuff with Mammoth. Mm. And it's really cool to see that. And John Dillingham, he's been doing so much, too. And he was my station manager. And it's really awesome to see people, like, all, like, grow here together and keep doing music stuff. Yeah, even, like, it seems like even if they're not working in radio, which, like, I feel like a lot of them aren't, like, it still, like, spits people out into, like, working in local music. Yeah, when I, I, I'm actually going to go back because I have one more year at KU. I'm going to do a rotation DJ set at some point, but um, Tom and Margaret, the general managers when I was there, like, introduced me to Nick Carroll, who owns the replay. So after I had kind of done my like exec staff at KJ, they were like, awesome, we're so proud of you. Here's another opportunity. And I think that's another part of KJ that's so awesome is like once you're done there, the people that are like managing are still helping. Like you get somewhere else. Um, and now I'm way into replay and doing everything I can there. And that's again because of KJ. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned what's what is um, exec staff? Uh, at KJHK, there's, like, an exec staff, so it's, like, live music, like, live in studios, so multimedia, um, I don't even remember all of them, production, promotion, there's, um, yeah, production managers, like, the person that does, like, all the DJ, and, like, it's, like, I always call them, like, the parent, because they always call, like, if you weren't there for your shift mm-hmm. or whatever, um, so I kind of, I had my my experience of, like management there, and then, you know, once once I did that, it was time to move move on, I guess. Mm. And um, but you you did spend time as a DJ there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What, what kind of stuff were you? I playing? did a local hip hop block for a while, and that was that was kind of hard <laughs> <laughs> because you know no one's really like censoring their stuff, so you had to be really like in tune with what was going on. So if you're playing something that you maybe didn't have time to censor, you had to be like uh, uh, playing with the board a lot, um, and it became more of a regional thing. And that's actually how I learned about a bunch of stuff going on in Nebraska, um, which has been, you know, a really awesome, like, hip-hop relationship, which I wouldn't have really expected, mm. um, just because I, Mitch Raznick and a few people who had the hip-hop show before me had, Mitch was from Nebraska, and so because of, like, my, the person that was there before me, I got to also build on that, like, relationship that now there's, like, this group of people called the Gentlemen's Club or on Facebook, and that's all because of this local hip-hop block and Mitch Raznick at KJHK. And I know so many people now that are in this group that just share music all the time, and it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, because um, like, even through, like, people I've met involved in, like, Nebraska hardcore music, like, they, I think they keep, like, pretty close ties with some of the hip-hop also because, like, when uh, I don't know if you've heard of Bib, it's like a Omaha hardcore band, and they just got signed to uh, Popwig Popwig Records, which nice. is like all the like Turnstile and Angel Dust guys. 
But, yeah, one of the guys from Bib, when they were, they were supposed to play at the Wayne's World 3 Fest in Kansas City, and but, like, they ended up not playing because one of their guitarists was, like, stuck in the hospital or something. Oh, yikes. Yeah, so that wasn't good. But, um, yeah, there a couple of the guys were just hanging out there, and he told me about, like, that he'd been setting up show like, DIY shows, like, like their regular punk shows, but they'd been involving, like, some Omaha, like, rap acts. Like, there was one called Roach that he was telling me I needed to check out. Yeah. I don't know if you're aware of those guys, but... Totally. Yeah, so that's that's always kind of a cool relationship to see happen. Yeah, definitely. And it was, like, so different, too, just because I have, like, a wide variety of tastes that I was doing, like, a local block, then a local hip-hop block, then just a rotation block. Um, and, I mean, there's just so much going on in the Midwest. Mm. It's wild. It blows my mind. Like, a lot of people really focus on the coast, and I really, my main... What I really want to do is emphasize how much good stuff is coming out of the Midwest, like from Minneapolis to like Austin and Denton, you know, to probably around Denver to beyond St. Louis. Like there's just so much of all different genres and like introducing people is one of my favorite things to do. Mm-hmm. That's why I love hosting shows because I can like conjure up like a plan like ooh, this band from this city would be really good with this band from this city. And I also think they'd be really good friends. <laughs> like it's, it's beyond the music. It's creating a community and a relationship. And it's awesome. It's so much fun. It's also a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. And it's, it's all, you know, every, every community needs those people, you know, setting everyone up. Yeah, so. I appreciate you too. <laughs> oh, thank you. And yeah, so what, what was some of your favorite stuff to play on that hip hop show? Oh, man. Um, I played a lot of, like, I really learned a lot about, like, the Bear Club thing. I wasn't really around a lot for, like, when Phil and Maul and all of them were really, like, hosting Bear Club. But I think it was Bottleneck for a while, and they did a Seed Co. show. And so I never really got to experience that, but I got to, like, try to keep it, you know, I don't know, keep it around while they were away. So that was something I really... I learned about these people that were from Lawrence through KJ, but without meeting them, and then met them later on. Um, so that was something that I really appreciated from that show specifically. And that was only a semester long, and I ended up passing it off because it was Friday evenings, and I kept trying to put shows on <laughs> while I also had this DJ set. So yeah. it became a conflict, unfortunately. But I you know, got to learn about a lot of people who don't live in Lawrence anymore that were still you know, doing stuff that were all in LA being big, big deals and stuff. Mm. And wait, so when, when did your hip hop show like start and end? Do you know? I did it, I think it was like a year ago and I did it on Friday evenings, uh, like eight to 10 PM. And, um, it was like, it was really hard. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I kept felt like I kept playing like a lot of the same stuff. Um, because it is really hard to, now I've definitely kind of found um, a little bit more out of Kansas City than I had known then. Um, I'm really interested right now in like Duncan Burnett's what he's been up to lately. And yeah, he's, cool. he's been working with Macy and uh, Crystal Rose, and these are all people that I'm really excited now that I didn't know about then or weren't you know making music as much then uh, and trying to put that kind of stuff into rotation at KJ because it really is hard to do a lot of searching and downloading and uploading uh, to that system mm-hmm. so it doesn't become all the same stuff. Um, 
Kansas City's got some really awesome stuff going on, like, hip-hop-wise. Definitely. And I know, like, I'm not sure if you ever were playing them at that point because they haven't been releasing music for super long. But right. I know you're a big advocate of uh, Vivid Zebra. Yeah. I, I definitely want to have them on the podcast yes. sometime. But those guys are really doing some awesome stuff. Um, and, you know, the Intelligent Sound crew as well. Like, having that relationship between Lawrence and Kansas City and trying to build on that bridge a little bit more has been something I really have tried to focus on. And it seems like a lot of Lawrence musicians are all from Topeka, like, mm. which is really interesting, too. Um, it's like Calhoun, he's, you know, CJ Calhoun's uh, brother, and they both have been doing, like, so much. Like, Ebony Tuss, like, CJ Calhoun was in Ebony Tuss, and Marty has been such an influence, like, influential person in my life and for so many other musicians and um, especially, like, especially Vivid Zebra. And it's really, it's cool to see, like, bedroom pop and, like, bedroom R&B coming out of Lawrence and then also, like, bangers coming out of Lawrence. It's... I'm really, I'm really grateful to have um, them as friends and also, like, a hip-hop DIY situation, like, as a neighbor, you know, like, in my backyard. It's really cool. Yeah, and, like, like you kind of mentioned, like, that group is, like, such a diverse, like, spectrum of, like, hip-hop and R&B and pop sounds, but they still... Like that's I think that's what makes like their live sets so special. It's like you get a taste of you know what each member does, and they're right. all doing something different, but it really all like kind of flows together in a unique way. And like I mean, Spencer uh, Raymond, he works a lot with Brad, who works a lot with Tuffy's, and you know, there's just a whole like chain of relationship in music, and especially in our community, and. It's really cool to see all of these really awesome artists from like different projects or different bands like coming together and you know sending demos out and they're like, do you want to work on this and do you want to try something new? Seeing like Leslie play saxophone for Warm Bodies, like you know what I mean? Like just really mixing up um, all of these like awesome musicians that are doing all these different things um, to do something new. I don't know. I feel like we have a really awesome community that like really pushes you to try to think outside of your box. Um, like, you know, just, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, um, so are you, are you still at KJHK? I'm going back. I wasn't there this year just because I would focused a lot on replay records and kind of trying to build my own independent booking situation, which is really kind of hard. Um, and especially like being one of the few femmes in the scene, it's a lot of pressure to like make sure everything goes well. Cause I, I'm kind of have a mama aura where I really just want everyone to be comfortable. And when you're throwing shows all the time, um, it's like you're hosting a party all the time and you want to make sure everyone's safe and having a good time and getting home safe and all of that stuff. So it takes so much energy that I kind of took a step back from KJ, but I'm ready to, to go back. I feel like I've built a whole new catalog of like regional artists that I would really love to share mm -hmm. and speaking on the like the safety aspect too kind of like I know that like there was that big Facebook group that kind of sprung up the yeah. safe scene yeah and like there was a bit of like kind of turmoil within that definitely so um where do you feel that Lawrence's music scene has made any progress in making it like a safer I, I definitely voice? think so um I know that there are a lot of people who don't 
um, feel comfortable at certain places or around certain things uh, or around certain musicians. And that's, you know, something that's super hard to touch on just because it's, I, like, as someone who hosts shows, really want to make sure everyone feels comfortable and, um, like I said, safe. And that whole, what had happened is there was a house show where some extremely, like, racist things were said and very, like, misogynist behavior was happening. And there were a group of femmes that got together and were just like, we've had enough. And then as soon as you kind of build the caliber of, like, we're going to create a standard, there are a lot of people that want to make sure that um, they're, they're met, their needs are met. And when you have so many people who have so many needs, it's so hard as one person and as a group to make sure that there is, you know, everyone can feel comfortable and safe. And I feel like a lot, especially with Black Lives Matter and Lawrence, that was a lot of pressure to make sure the venues were, like, being intersectional and inclusive. And I think that was one really good step. And I think that um, in terms of femmes in the scene, um, there are a lot, like Girls Rock Lawrence is like so wonderful. And I think that that's given a lot of people a lot of strength to speak up and um, make sure their concerns are, are definitely heard. So I, I do appreciate um, the venues like going out of their way to say like, hey, we're not gonna, we're not gonna, mess around with things that aren't appropriate, safe, or like illegal. Um, and I think that we have a tight enough community when someone is, you know, out of line, they, I don't know, it, it gets taken care of for the most part. Um, and like I said before, as being one of the only femmes around and organizing, it is a lot of pressure to make sure that my fellow femmes feel safe and that they feel like they're being represented and it's so touchy, you know. You have to make sure you say the right things and do the right things, and it's it's really hard. It's a really hard thing to manage. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of energy. And so, yeah, you you're mentioning oh, like there are kind of like several different like forces that are kind of like coalescing behind like having these standards and Definitely. all that. So that's good to hear. Have you have there been like like any real like notable instances since like these things came about where, like, you think, like, you know, everything was, like, handled properly and, like, like have there been, like, situations that you've, like, witnessed? Yeah, um, I, one time I was at the replay and, I mean, I'm, like, a five-foot-tall, like, very small white femme, um, and this guy was just grabbing, and it was, a, it was at a full-blood show, so it's, like, why, you know, like, happy, funky synth pop, like, there needs to be no, like... In any any genre, at any time, like any kind of sexual harassment at all, but specifically in this instance, I was like, I remember my mind being blown that this guy was just walking around and he was actually grabbing like other dudes' asses, and I was like, that's and everybody was like, please, please stop. Um, and then he came up to me and he like groped me, and I like, I have a really hard time with confrontation, but. I didn't, it was like two seconds and somebody else came around and was just like, you need to go. And it was like, I didn't have to defend myself or like do anything that I like, it was really nice to feel like people were watching and had my back. Um, as for house shows too, like, I feel like we have a community where we're all kind of monitoring what's going on and um, making sure that like, you know, if something does go down, there's no, there's no time, like that person needs to go. 
So I, I don't know. I feel like there haven't been any instances as of late that have been, you know, appalling. It's good to hear. Yeah, super <laughs> good to hear. Like, that's my worst nightmare. <laughs> so, yeah, so you'll, you'll be going back to KJHK coming up soon. And uh, what are you studying at KU? I'm studying African, African-American studies, as well as American studies. Um, we actually, at KU, have one of the leading professors in funk music, which his name is Dr. Bolden, and he does this series called the Make It Funky series, and they're um, kind of, he brings in a touring lecturer, and last year uh, was Kendrick Lamar, and this year was Prince, and they critically analyze um, their music, their, like, upcoming, and I, you know, their product, everything. Um, and from a scholarly standpoint, it's just so fun to really look at a, a culture, like a music culture through that lens. And so I actually get to write papers all the time about music and it's really enjoyable. Um, like one of my last papers I wrote was about Frank Ocean's like intersectionality and his dropping, uh, Def Jam and also dropping like any kind of um, like identity label. Yeah, he, he owns like, like he bought back the rights to like a lot of his music. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. So it's been really awesome and like getting graded in a scholarly like institution about some of the stuff I'm really passionate about helps me understand why people make music, why people like Prince get to the place that they are. And it really helps me understand, like, I don't know, I feel like I'm intellectually broadening myself, um, I don't, with my degree rather than trying to get a gig with my degree, you know, mm. I don't know what kind of job I could get other than blogging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I'm sure there's something interesting out there. Oh, yeah, and, definitely. Yeah, and I noticed your Facebook uh, cover photo, too, is the, the Tumblr letter that oh, yeah. Frank Ocean wrote. So. Yeah, yeah, that was, like when I was like turning my paper in, I was like, I was so moved by um, just learning about his vulnerability and his um, efforts to redefine what masculinity really means in our society that I was just like, I want everyone to read this all the time. <laughs> yeah. And, oh yeah, and like you'll, you'll see it get like reposted by like Fader yeah, or whoever, <laughs> like every once in a while and it, it, it just still hits hard every time. You read it. Yeah. And I, I think, like, another somewhat interesting angle to the letter is that, like, well, just, like, to his, like, persona as a whole, like, he, he emerged from, like, Odd Future, which is, like, this wild rap group known right. for, like, saying all this crazy stuff and, like, having these crazy shows. But, like, he he's, like, pulled something really unique and vulnerable oh, from yeah. that setting so definitely and, and he still continues to do that mm. oh, i love frank ocean <laughs> wow and, and the, the same thing too kind of from um sid and like the internet's music right. and, oh totally yeah totally. and i know steve lacy kind of works with all of them it's like there there is like like the the softer like more emotional music coming from like all these odd future affiliates right. is becoming even more interesting than like the loud, crazy stuff that they're all totally. releasing at some point. I feel like, too, like, um, it's kind of, it's a coming-of-age album in, like, I mean, I was thinking Channel Orange, but, I mean, anything Frank Ocean really has been putting out is, like, a coming-of-age as a millennial, as a, you know, what it, I, want, I w don't want to say queer, but as a, 
I don't want to say queer because he doesn't like to be labeled anything at all, but mm. as someone who is fluid, um, a coming-of-age album about love and relationships, it, to me, mirrors uh, The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill, which came out 20 years ago, which is a very like emotional, uh, feminist, like just... 22 years old, like, this is what it is. 20 years later, you know, fast forward, we see Frank Ocean doing the same thing, but as a male, and it's really beautiful. <laughs> is is Miseducation an album that you've, you've studied at all, like, oh, yeah. in your classes? I love that album. I mean, just on my own, and then I also, yeah, I've written a paper or two about it. Um, just her vulnerability and her, like, you know, being with the Fugees, doing that album, and then, like, beyond that... Um, where she is now kind of thing. And it's more of an analysis of um, the specific things she's saying, the samples that she's using, um, her... I mean, she has a line in it that was like, I'll treat this like my thesis. And I'm like, yes, queen, yes. <laughs> like, yes, and I, I think that that's what all artists are doing with their albums is, you know, it's their thesis, it's their baby, it's their creative, intellectual property. And it's that's, you know, also why I love, like, working with locals because I mean one day it won't be local and it'll be something huge you know that people are all listening to it's all just kind of like people pouring their experiences their intelligence their love passion soul into the, these products um, so studying it from micro to macro has been really interesting and not to stray too far from like <laughs> Local Sorry, music like, and everything. Yeah, no, Lauren Hill and going. No, that's my fault. But um, <laughs> I, I thought like I've only listened to it a couple times so far. But the new Jay Z album is also like incredibly interesting from like like kind of a sociological and like oh, totally. family aspect too. Well, yeah, I mean Jay Z is like one of the biggest capitalists ever. You know, <laughs> so it's so interesting to like hear what he's been putting out and it's especially interesting too after people like Beyonce you know putting out Lemonade or Solange kind of being like the modern Donna Summer like it's all a response to one another of this like hierarchy of of music you know so it's I've always been like a little sus of Jay-Z so I'm I'm excited that this album has kind of been a little bit he kind of took more of an emotional yeah, it's kind of sobering right kinda. exactly yeah yeah and this is like it is like a really crazy like group of three albums like Lemonade Seat of the Table and 444 like, right <laughs> I think people are gonna look back at this and just be like that was pretty wild. Yeah, well, and too, it's so interesting to see, like, all of these... When you were talking about KJ, you know, bringing um, Princess Nokia, it's, like, all of these, like, femmes of color just coming out and saying how it is. It's it's so inspiring. Like, you know, Jungle Pussy, like Cupcake, Princess Nokia. I've just, like, they're all throwing bangers out, and I can't stop listening to them. So I feel like 2017 is treating people right in terms of music, in terms of music. Yeah, otherwise. Otherwise, like, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I saw like somewhere like on Facebook or something that you had worked at uh, Decade 2, which is kind of involved in yeah. live music, at least at this point. Right. At, what were you So Decade, doing? I was a barista there for a while, mm. and that was super fun. I just, you know, 6.30 a.m. shifts after throwing shows don't work as well. Um, but... Lewis, the owner, has 
purchased the garage next door and was uh, planning on making it a cafe. And I think he still is. But in the meantime, we're utilizing that space for shows. And what's so great about it is it's an all ages space that can have shows from like seven to 10. So, you know, it's really awesome to see, you know, five-year-olds running around or somebody who might not want to go out to the bars past 10 p.m. And giving people the option to see live music but not have to go too out of their way to do so. Mm. Um, and I, like I said, the all-ages thing is super important. And catering to, like, the next generation is always, like, something I think everyone should do. Yeah. Ha- having all-ages shows is, like, to me, one of the, like, if not the most important thing to, like, a local music scene. And it's, it's like, hard to do. It is. It is hard to do, um, which is also why the schoolhouse is going to be really awesome, too, and Decade as well. Decade has been, Decade, Wonder Fair, and Love Garden have been really, really supportive in terms of, you know, working at Love Garden. I learned so much all of the time. Like, every time I'm there, there's some something new that I haven't heard before. Or, you know, Kelly, the owner, will say something that I, you know, blows my mind. Um, and he and that, like, all of Love Garden has really pushed me to try to go outside of myself and do things that are, so I wouldn't expect myself to do. And Wonder Fair has been really, really supportive of, you know, flyering and, like, sending contacts on Paul DeGeorge at Wonder Fair specifically has been printing tickets and keeping me in contact and really pushing me to, you know, do, do the damn thing. And as for decade, I get to use that space for free, which is a dream. It's an absolute dream. Just not having to rent a space and having like an outside area and people with a liquor license. So I don't have to worry about that. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's been really great. Yeah, and it, it'll have passed by the time this episode is out, but uh, it's either tonight or tomorrow is the, the Fuck Life yeah, tour. Yeah, tonight. Yeah, with uh, Vivid Zebra and all those guys, so that'll be... Yeah. Like, so is there anything else coming up a decade that uh, you have booked? There are a few shows. Um, we had... We're having some kind of noise complaint issues, you know, that happens with DIY spaces. Mm. Um, so we're trying to kind of try figuring out how to manage and what genres really fit and work there. Um, but we had an arc flash show at Kudzu from Springfield and um, Bad Dreamer, which is a new project out of Kansas City, play a show. And it was really awesome. Just it was loud because it's a garage. Um, and then coming up, we have like a band from Lincoln, and uh, it's Miwi La Lupa, and so I'm really looking forward to that, but I do get like a lot of requests each week from a lot of musicians that are like, oh, I'm hearing of this new decade space, can I play this decade space, and it's just, you know, it's hard to figure out who's going to fit in in this like tiny garage. I'm really looking forward to having uh, intelligent sound there and working with Peter. And I really, like I said before, want to build that bridge between Kansas City and Lawrence a little bit more and bring it to Lawrence. So I hope it goes well. I'm still looking for a sub, <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, I'm sure it'll work out. Yeah. Um, but another show that you've been working on that's coming up is the uh, Downtown Boys at the White Schoolhouse mm-hmm. in Lawrence with uh, Ebony Tusks and Warm Bodies. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't know anything about that space. Can you tell me about it? Yeah, it's a kind of like a venue space, like a like a wedding venue space. Um, so it's just kind of this big open room with a big deck and a big like backyard. And it's in super far North Lawrence. It's pretty much like as far North Lawrence as you can go before you're not in Lawrence anymore. You have to go over the bridge. Um, but I started working with a few agents, you know, working... I do a lot of communication with DIY bands and DIY groups, and that's kind of like, who you know here? And does anyone know anybody in this town? Or does anyone know if I have a place to crash? And I've kind of gotten really... I've, I got that formula down, so I've started working with agents a little bit more. And once you start doing that, you know, you have to... It's kind of a gambling game because there are guarantees involved. You have to pay sound, rental fees, and things like that. Um, and there just isn't a space or wasn't a space that I could think of in Lawrence other than White Schoolhouse um, to do it. And Paul DeGeorge actually really, he was the one that was like, I think we should do the schoolhouse. And I was like, wow, yeah, that's a really good idea. I've seen, um, my friend Rachel had a birthday party there and Pale Tongue played, I'm pretty sure, and Arc Flash. Um, I can't think of all of the other bands that played because it was, it was a wild night, but it was like five or six um, sweet local bands that were just, you know, it was a party and people showed up and I really was like dang okay so what'll be good about this space is Decade's actually going to cater there too so that'll be cool because it'll you know liquor license and stuff I don't have to worry about that and Wonder Fair is doing a lot of advertisement and helping out and making cute little tickets uh when you like cut the corner off like the perforated corner after you get in it looks like Kansas it's really adorable (laughs) um is it like did it was but, but was the building, did it used to be it like a schoolhouse? It used to be a schoolhouse, yeah. Okay. yeah. Cool. And I actually don't know much about the history, um, which I'm sh- I probably should figure out. Um, but they haven't really done a lot of shows there. Um, so I'm going to, this is going to be the first one, Downtown Boys, on August 21st. Um, it's going to be the first shows that I'm doing that are tickets like $10 or, you know, 10 to $12. And mm. um, all ages, you know, 7 p.m., and it's it's a new it's a new thing, and I think it'll go well. I can't foresee it going poorly, um, but I hope it becomes a thing. It's kind of like what I'm hoping becomes like the outhouse that used to be like way more punk than probably something that I could ever pull off. But the outhouse was you know on the outskirts of town and was all ages and was just throwing these awesome shows with like bands like the Micronauts and Minutemen and things like that. And it's you know history that. I really want to make and like the outhouse just isn't the option anymore and there doesn't seem to yeah, be there's, there's, there's other stuff kitchen. going on there yeah yeah <laughs> exactly yeah I mean there's the haunted kitchen which is you know a historical punk house and I'm so stoked that there are shows happening there too it's I can feel the energy you know in our community and um it's so fun to try to put shows in weird places like and hope it works and yeah. it usually does so and, and there meant- are more shows past that, yeah. Oh. Like, we're going to do a few more shows um, after Downtown Boys that I can't announce yet, but they're going to be really good. Um, and hopefully we can get people, you know, from the dorms and people that are just coming into Lawrence into the scene and really show them the family and the community and, like, the importance of music, you know. And how... I don't... I, like... I remember the first time I heard a local band. Um, it was at Farmer's Ball, which KJHK puts on. Mm-hmm. Not the first time I had heard a local band, but saw Psychic Heat play. And I was like, 
wow, <laughs> that's local, like, oh. And I just remember having this huge epiphany of like, oh, music has to start somewhere. So I wanna do that for, you know, freshmen that are coming in, like, you know, showing all of their friends, like, have you heard this band? This band is from Lawrence. So mm. it's one of my like goals of any time I bring a touring band through, if I'm working with an agent, I want to have a local on the show. It's just kind of yeah. my thing. And <laughs> I feel like that definitely can be a challenge to like, bring new college students into a music scene because like I don't know like what part one part is like kind of like just the ignorance factor like they don't know it's happening and don't know where to go and the other thing is just like they want to party and like they might not know how to act so it's kind of a that it, it can be a challenge, I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah, and getting them over the bridge to, like, oh, where's the schoolhouse? Oh, my gosh, it's, like, 10 minutes from here, and that seems like forever in Lawrence, you know? Yeah. And also making sure people are driving safe, too, is always a tough one. Mm. Yeah. And um, But you mentioned working at Love Garden, too, and mm-hmm. Love Garden is just the Lawrence Music Institution, oh, the, yeah. one of the greatest record stores. Ever. Ever. <laughs> and so, yeah, what has working there been like for uh, you? It's such a privilege. It is. I remember coming to Lawrence and walking in and being like, oh, I would I would love to work here. I would I would I would do anything. And so I had given them my resume like three or four years ago, like right when I got there. So I've been in Lawrence for four years now working at Love Garden for a year. So I had applied, I guess, for three years and um Kelly, like, he was, texted me or messaged me on Facebook. And was like, hey, do you want to meet up for a beer? And I was like, cool. We'll probably just be, like, talking about something. And we were just talking. And then he was just like, so when you start? And I was like, ah. <laughs> um, but it's been, it's been so great. All the touring bands that come in and sell their stuff, you get to meet them. And you get to hear new things all the time. You get to know, like, what's coming out. It really helps, especially with booking, too, is, like, being able to foresee album releases and being like, okay, I think I can make this work. I think I can align this or, ooh, I, you know, there's a lot of predictions happening and with like all of the new releases, it's so, I don't know, it's so helpful. (laughs) It's super helpful. And everyone that works there is so magical. Like everyone is doing something like Franklin and Gnarly Davidson is such an inspiring person. I, I love working with him and he's been doing this show Dollar Country and He's just such a unique person. I feel like there's just, you're not going to meet people uh, with such passion and uniqueness as you would in a record store, especially Love Garden. Like, it's, uh, it's the best. <laughs> yeah, and they're, you know, they're, so you mentioned that Franklin's and Gnarly Davidson, and there, I'm sure there's other people that work there all the time that are yeah, in, yeah. like, local bands or, like, Everyone working. is doing something, mm. you know, um, like... Katie, she's been uh, she's been pricing records for so long. I think we did uh, the math, and I th- she's done like over a hundred thousand used records or something crazy like that. That might be like a little of an exaggeration, but she's been just like pricing records forever. And so that's like her gig. And there's you know Alex Cheney, who's a part of Vivid Zebra, and also you know is uh, maybe not, and Sam Boatwright and Hush Machine and. Kemper, who's also a part of Vivid Zebra, and Casey, who I met at KJ, like, everyone has something going on, and it's, you know, every day you go in there, you leave with, you know, inspiration and education. I think it is interesting, though, that, so there's two people working there that are in Vivid Zebra, and, like, I don't 
think Vivid Zebra has released anything like phys- any physical music. Right. So I th- like even if you're not like making physical music and putting it out, like you're still like accepted into like kind of that scene and right. Like, it, but maybe maybe that will prompt like a tape or right. a record at some point. So yeah, that's always like a point of conversation too. Is like why do mixtapes exist? And I'm always like capitalism, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, there, it's always a good conversation. And um, I've, I've been like on and off on thinking about putting or trying to put out a compilation hip hop tape just to like, so we can all have something like a, like a nostalgia piece, you know, and even if it's just for us, mm. like, I don't know. One day the internet might just not work. No, oh, yeah, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a big fan of physical documentation and like just collecting that type of stuff. Yeah, so totally, it's, I think it's an important part of any scene and its history and right. everything. Which is yeah, why I love doing replay records too, um, and trying. I kind of was like given replay records by you know it started by Brad Shanks and it's funded by Nick Carroll at the replay and went through Jessica and now um, it's kind of my baby. I get to like pick bands and you know, I do all of the legwork, I do all the promotion, I book the shows. And that also takes like a ton of energy, but it's so, when you just hold that product in your hand, you're like, yes, like we're all doing this, we're all doing this together. And once it's like finally there, you're like, cool, the six months of work is, is worth it, you know? Yeah, what are some of the releases that you've helped put out with three play records? Um, I jumped on the end of Psychic Heat, so I kind of helped do all the promo and stuff and didn't have to do, like, the submission legwork. And we pressed through Got a Groove in Cleveland, and they've been they've been pretty good. Um, but after Psychic Heat, we did Gnarly, and Gnarly was so much fun. Like, those guys are a blast, and um, working with them, just they did everything so differently. They were like, we don't want to make art, we don't want to print art, so they got the, you know, United States flag sleeves and... That, you know, just watching people's, like, creative wheels spin and getting to, like, help, you know, not really be involved, just kind of, like, hosting them has been awesome. And watching, yeah, I don't know if you were at the the Mills show when Sam just, like, vomed while he was on stage. Oh, I heard about that. It was awesome. <laughs> it was so awesome. And they might have, like, put a hole in the ceiling yes, also. Yes, they, they did. Yeah. <laughs> it was wild. <laughs> but, um yeah, so that one was fun, and then we did Tuffy's, and Tuffy's are so great. Like, I love that band so much. Like, Carl is like one of one of my super close friends, and just watching them. Like, we did Spring into Summer for our release show, and this woman bought seven like records. I was like, yeah, cool. <laughs> um, and Spring into Summer is just kind of like a one day like kind of fest yeah. that happens at the replay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like a bunch of like local bands celebrating that it's summertime and. School's done, and I was stoked because I was like, cool, finals are done. <laughs> like, I can breathe, and this record's being released. So it was kind of just like a freedom freedom situation. And now now we're doing CS Luxum, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, Chris has been doing a bunch of stuff with Whatever Forever, and you know, he's just been a really huge staple piece of the Lawrence music scene, and I'm really stoked that Replay is like, putting him out just because I think he oh, I think he deserves it so much and he's gonna be touring a little bit and I just you know he's like soul funk psychedelic dad <laughs> he's the coolest yeah he does like just a lot of really inventive stuff with like all the work that I've heard from him like and 
I've only seen him live like a couple of times, but it, it seems like it's always like a little different every Definitely. time. Definitely, yeah. And the the split is going to be super good. The test presses are on the way, and I'm very much looking forward to that. We have uh, another band who submitted their stuff too, but we haven't announced it yet. So we're continuing to put things out, and it's been you know we we've been profiting off of it, which has been awesome, like breaking even so we can keep going. And it doesn't look like it's stopping anytime soon. So I'm always, you know, encouraging people to start making music and start touring and getting to know each other. And I don't know, maybe then you can have a replay record yourself. Like, And so you got into replay records like through working at Replay Lounge? Well, or? actually... KJ introduced me to um, Nick Carroll at the replay to start helping with Three Headed Thursdays because KJ was helping sponsor that. And so I started there booking um, like a Thursday every month and that kind of changed where I was kind of just scouting for bands, which is how the Duran Jones happened, which is also because of Love Garden. We got that record in and I was like, whoa, yeah, that's like my God. one of my favorite shows that <laughs> oh, I've seen at replay. So Probably beautiful. It was just like... <laughs> Watching, like, just a soul ripper on stage, like, at the replay in a dive bar is just, like, I, everyone in that room is going to remember that forever, you yeah. know, and that's, that's what it's about, like, because you're creating these memories for people, like, like, oh, do you remember we saw Duran Jones at the replay lounge, like, Mac DeMarco played there, you know, that's what it's about, um, but Nick was, like, you seem, like, really on, on top of, like, the music scene, and, you know, do you want to, do you want to take this over and he kind of just was like a little passive about it and I was like yeah and went really extreme with it and you know run the replay records accounts and try really hard to it's you know keeping everything straight with my independent thing and replay records and you know working at Love Garden too is they're all different lanes yet they cross all the time you know so you have to keep it straight and it's you know we were kind of talking about this earlier. There's so many shows and so many things going on. There's so many options, and it's really a great thing um, that there's so many things happening. It's also hard to keep them organized. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you, you booked the Duran Jones show at the replay. Mm -hmm. uh, is there anything else that's come through there that you've been really excited about? Um, well, during that show, AZP from, I think, Lincoln. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was going to say Omaha, but from Lincoln opened. And I really just, I enjoyed seeing, like, just that much passion and soul, like, on that stage. I really am trying to focus more in on that. And um, there hasn't been a show that has topped Duran Jones for me. Like, that one was just, my heart exploded and I couldn't stop smiling because it was just, oh, it was so great. But um, because of that show, I booked AZP again for the Replay Records and Friends Showcase, which is happening on July 13th. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to Lawrence Field Day Fest. Like, that's going to be so much fun. Yeah, this, this episode will be out on Tuesday. So what day is Tuesday? It'll, it'll be like right before Field Day Fest starts, right? Yeah, it'll be the 11th. I'm doing, yeah, that'll be Tuesday. Awesome. So, yeah, what, what are you excited for at Field Day Fest? Oh, my gosh. The fact that there's just so many things going on all at one time. I know I've said that it's just, like, one of my favorite parts of the scene, but my two shows, I have Replay Records and Friends on Thursday, and that's Tuffy's, who we've put out, and then Chris Luxum, which we kind of announced with this show that we'll be putting out his record. AZP, Crystal Rose from Kansas City, which I'm just like, yeah, I've been feeling her lately a lot. Like, oh, just, mm, I love Femme Soul. Um, and 
uh, Laguerre. So that set I'm really looking forward to. And um, High Dive has a showcase at the Bottleneck with Jesse Bessie and Psychic Heat and Arc Flash and Sex Snobs. And I don't know. I mean, it's just so hard to keep them all straight because there's so many bands playing, like Fantastics are playing, Riley Davidson's playing. Um, on Saturday for the Peb Sound Showcase, um, that's going to be Condor and Jaybird out of Rock Island, Illinois, and they rule. They're so awesome. So I'm really excited to see them and Pale Tongue and Q, who I saw at Farmer's Ball this year for KJHK, and she just, like, blew the place up. It was so fun. Like, oh, it was – I love, like – I just, you know, f seeing a femme on stage is just something, something special. There's a little bit more magic, I think. Um, and Heidi Lynn Gluck and the Pony Show is just, you know, one of those bands that makes you, like, cry when you see them because you're just like, oh, those are the feels. So I, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to just, you know, not my own showcases. That's where I'll be the entire time. But um, just the fact that there's so many things happening and Lawrence has so many options and we just get to celebrate each other and, all the venues and everyone who books, like Fally, and uh, yeah, it's just a celebration, I feel like, of everyone's hard work. And like, look at all these amazing people that we have here. Mm. So yeah, you're, you're having a showcase for Peb Sounds, which is like your own little company thing. Yeah, thing. yeah <laughs> I, I, it, I really can't tell like, yeah, no, what, what its functions are sometimes, right. but... Uh, tell me what you think. Well, yeah, no, it is. started as kind of just like one night I was like, what am I doing? Like I'm booking shows. I'm kind of just like testing everything out. Um, am I blogging? Am I doing this? And I'm actually kind of in the process of a rebrand, which I'll be launching um, here in the next, I don't know, probably a few weeks or a month. I've got a new brand, uh, like a little new logo and everything, but I'll be switching to Petrie Productions, which is the first time I've told anybody that. Oh, exclusive. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that will be more oriented towards just booking shows um, and putting on, which can be anything from Haunted Kitchen to Decade to Replay to whatever, and then Pep Sounds, which probably won't exist anymore, um, will, was more oriented towards blogging, will probably fade a little bit more. Um, and will probably just be more on my personal account. And Peb is like, that's the embroider, like embroider. Yeah. yeah like on first, my, middle, last. Yeah, yeah. It's on my um, backpack that I've had since I was in preschool. So it's just like a picture of my backpack that I still carry around. Um, so I'm going to kind of take the personal out of it and make it a little bit more business oriented, um, mm. more about what is happening rather than my own personal taste. Mm. Yeah, and I'm not like you're you're just kind of posting like music videos and just like local music stuff that you just like, like things, personally enjoy. Yeah, things that you should know is going on. Sometimes it's really hard to like keep up with the Joneses, like when there's so many things being released all the time, or you know you're busy in school. So I definitely want to be a source for people. Like, oh, I kind of fell off, you know, paying attention to what's going on in the hip hop world. Like, maybe I could go to Peb Sound and see what they're listening to or whatever. Um, and that's, you know, I took a picture of the Princess Nokia uh, goat video because I was just like, oh, I'm feeling this so hard. And also, KJHK is putting that show on. And yeah, I that really, show's going to be awesome. I know. I, I want to support them as much as I can because uh, they've done so much for me. And um, so what do you think are some of, like, the most challenging things about, like, 
booking shows and just making like local music work in Lawrence? Um, it's really hard to convince people uh, why they should come at all, you know, and that's usually the music speaks for itself. Um, so I don't have to do all that much, but um, making sure like people know one, the show is going on and two, like why it's important, you know, why they sh- will be like enjoying themselves there. And I'm learning now too, like with more DIY spaces, it's, I should probably own my own PA, like renting a PA seems like a pain and um, just, you know, making sure the bands are there on time or, you know, actually want to play. And I really try hard to make sure all the bands get paid. And I'm really kind of, I get nervous. I'm like, hey, there's a touring band. Do you want to pay? I hate, like, I hate taking people's money, but I really want to make sure, especially touring bands get paid. So that's super challenging. Um, but, you know, it's a part of the game. The most challenging part is the money, mm. you know, is, you know, when you're putting on big shows like Downtown Boys and things like that, you, it's a gamble. You know, you have these huge guarantees and you have to believe in yourself enough and your ability to promote and your ability to believe in yourself that it's going to work out and that you're not going to have to pull this money out of your pocket. Mm. So it's it's hard, <laughs> but it's worth it. It's totally worth it. Uh, yeah, what are you just in general most looking forward to about what's happening in Lawrence the rest of the year and so on? All of these shows. Yeah. Oh, man, like... Mammoth is like, they're on it right now. They're they are. putting some, like, I'm stoked for Angel Olsen, like, Gold Link, that's KJ, you know, Princess Nokia. Um, some of the shows that I've been booking that I can't announce yet, I'm so stoked about. Um, like, Downtown Boys is going to be great because it's also on the same day. It's the first day of classes, and it's the same day as the solar eclipse, so everyone's going to be kind of in, like, a weird, like, Space. Yeah. Do, yeah. Do, you, do you know like if it'll happen during the show or I think like the eclipse is at like one. Okay. So, so hopefully everyone can like get that in and then like get it out. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> like party and have a really nice time. And oh, I'm just excited to see Warm Bodies play with Ebony Tusks. Like that combo. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really yeah really looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to what the replay has in store. Usually like every you know they pull like a really nice like charmer right out of their pocket and you're just like oh and it's so casual so I'm excited to see like because there's three people that book there um Mm. Sheridan Mark and I and we have to work together and it's hard to sometimes keep it all organized but we all have such like our own eclectic taste that it always ends up being something something good so I'm looking forward to seeing yeah and share mag at bottleneck yeah I'm pumped for that that'll be great Westerners, this like this will air after that, but they're releasing an album at Love Garden. Love Garden also just like pulls like some like kick ass shows out of the pocket. Yeah, I've seen. I saw Girl Pool there like a year or two ago. Yeah, and what what else has been there? Like, because I know uh, Woods has been there, with, and um, with with uh, Thor and friends. Yeah, and, I think yeah. yeah. Oh man, yeah, because Kelly just like has all these connections. Like you're just like oh. Yeah, like it might only happen like two, three times a year, but when it does, like, you know, right. it'll be a really cool show that totally. he books. Yeah, Shy Boys are working on some new stuff. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, they're awesome. Oh, yeah, I love the Shy Boys. Yeah, you posted the the Life is Peachy video I the other day. It's that's so that's cute. a great video. <laughs> I love that music video. I'm ex- I'm always excited to see what High Dive is up to. Like, 
that they really Jeff is such an important he, person. He like, doesn't do anything wrong. Like, I know. <laughs> every, like every record that he's put out for like the last two years has been like amazing. So I know. Yeah. So and Dream Girl's been working and releasing some stuff. So I'm really excited to see what else they're putting out. Like mm. I love I love that dream, that dreamy, like lacy vibe she has. <laughs> her her own personal vibe that mm. she puts out. It's uh it's beautiful. I'm excited to see what people are putting out. Awesome. Mostly. <laughs> Me too. Um, so, yeah, where can people follow you on social media and everything? What should they be looking yeah, out for? Yeah, I'm just Peb Sounds on Instagram and Peb Sounds on Facebook. And Replay Records um, is also the Instagram name, so it's pretty easy. Mm. It's Replay underscore Records, um, which you can always find out about upcoming shows, upcoming releases. Um, just, I guess that would probably be, probably be it. Um, and then Peb Sounds, you never know what you're going to get. It's kind of like a smorgasbord of music stuff that I like. <laughs> and then eventually we'll be Petri Productions. Yeah, so, so look out for that launch coming up, in coming up next month. Yeah. And sweet. Um, so yeah, people can go to shuttlecockmusic.com and look at all the stuff on there. Um, there's also a store that's like the best way to support the podcast and the website and everything. There's t-shirts and zines and buttons. Uh, you need to make sure to subscribe to the Shellcock podcast on iTunes and YouTube. And, uh, the Shellcock has a show at Mills record company coming up on August 4th with primitive future, Itty Vice, Tommy Strasser and Solomon. So there's like Hip hop, oh, yeah, hip hop, <laughs> indie rock, and death metal all in one evening. So I'm excited for that. And that's uh, August fourth at Mills Records at six p.m. I love free Mills. show, all ages. Yeah, that's. I love Mills. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, look out for new episodes from Jason Barr on the ADD podcast. We're part of the ADD podcast family, so be checking that out. And yeah, thank you for coming out today, yeah, Paige. Thank you for everything you do. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, yeah. Just have have a good one. You too. See you soon.